Welcome to Disruption Now. As always, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please subscribe. If you're listening to us via podcast online, if you're listening to us in iTunes, if you're listening to us in Google Play, however you may be listening to us, please subscribe. Please write a review. That's how more people can learn about Disruption Now. And that's how we can spread the message. We can make sure that we are doing all we can to inspire collective action, consciousness, and challenging stereotypes. That's what we want to do on Disruption Now. But we can only do that if more people learn about us. So we hope you will do that. You can also sign up for email, disruptionnow at gmail.com, or you can just go to our website, disruptionnow.com. We would love for you to learn more about us, learn about the live events we have coming up, where you can find us, where you can learn about what's happening next with uh, Disruption Now. We're going to talk about Kyle Kashuv. If you don't know who Kyle Kashuv is, think about the Parkland shooting, then you probably know a lot of the other uh, students that went through that tragedy, but you might not know Kyle Kashuv. He is, he's actually a conservative student that fought for the expansion of gun rights after going through that horrible uh, incident at, at, at uh, Parkland. So he, doesn't get, he didn't get as much attention until recently, but he got attention for the wrong reasons. Uh, so he was... Uh, an applicant for Harvard, had very good grades and was already accepted into Harvard until it was found out that he had a lot of racist chants, a lot of racist comments. And it wasn't just one, you know, to be really, really specific. He said the N-word, like I remember, like 10 times and talked about white power. And apparently many, uh, many of his former friends said that they're former now. That's interesting. But anyway, they said uh, he, he said this type of, he said these type of things all the time. It's not like he was hiding it. Um, but I was actually a little conflicted, and I'm probably going to be in the minority here, but I was a little conflicted on him being uh, rejected from Harvard. Here's why. Uh, I think somebody like that is the, is the right thing to do just to kick them out and then uh, not, n- not figure out a way to actually get them to, even if it's in a forced integration, what I would have done. Uh, there was a great program at the University of Cincinnati called the Racial Awareness Program. And it was an uh, immersion program that required you to get in front of people that you would normally disagree with. And we had people that had racist views in that, in that, in that program. But after a year of actually having to deal with people and, and, and understanding their experiences and having to go through times where you had to be with people for like weeks at a time and actually live with them, people, people's perspective change. Um, and so what I worry about is that when we have people like this, who he clearly had horrible beliefs, that's one. Two, he was 16, and three, this was before the Parkland shooting. So this was his defense. And I still don't know. I still might err on the side of kicking him out. But I can at least understand there, there, there's another perspective here. He says, look, this, this, is, this is Kyle's defense of himself on Twitter. He said, Harvard deciding that someone can't grow, especially after a life-altering event like the shooting, is deeply concerning. If, if any institution should understand growth, it's Harvard. Who's at, who's the pinnacle? Who's at the pinnacle of higher education? He says this is a good point. Throughout history, Harvard's faculty has included slave owners, segregationists, bigots, and anti-Semites. If Harvard is suggesting if Harvard is suggesting that growth is impossible and that our fa- that our past defines our future, then Harvard is inherently a racist institution. Um, so look, he, he he that's his defense. Do you think he should have been kicked out? Was that totally fair, or was there a better opportunity to figure out how to make this a more teachable moment for him? Keep in mind that I do not obviously defend the racist stuff he does, and I do believe in accountability. Uh, but you know, was there any? Could this have been handled? Should this have been handled a different way? Was there another way to figure out how he could maybe get admission based upon having to do some? Uh, you know, intervention or some type of immersion with issues of race thoughts.
he definitely should have been kicked out. Um, and, and I say that because um, first, first and foremost, he keeps falling on the age thing. Black kids, Latino kids, you're, you're not even looked at as a kid at 10, much less 16. So when I see a 16-year-old use that as his defense and a 16-year-old who's applying to college, literally the only thing college admissions look at is your teen years in high school. They're not going to fast forward 15 years, which could be. They're looking at the record of who you are. <laughs> that, that is the basis based on test scores, based on extracurriculars, based on literally what you have done during that short window of time in your life. Beyond that, Harvard also has a history of letting people go for the same thing. Two years ago, Harvard rescinded offers to 10 students, 10 students in their incoming class for racist memes, for racist comments on Facebook and on Twitter. All of them got rescinded. There wasn't a huge backlash from parents or anything else. They published what those memes were, what those tweets were, and it was, okay, goodbye. Like, that's just what it is. At 16, you were old enough to know not to use the N-word. I'm sorry. And who knows oh, how many that. times this kid had said it to others in his classroom? Who knows how many times he had berated students or used racial epithets before? Um, it is not, when you're in college, it's supposed to be a, a movement towards growth and understanding and further learning. But who's to say that, okay, a shooting happened at his school, so now all of a sudden he's cool with black people. Like, I'm not one who's going to believe that that was the case. <laughs> I, I definitely think that this kid has some major issues. And the only reason he's looking back now or trying to apologize or move beyond it is because he no longer has the golden apple of Harvard in his hand. Well, I'll say this, um, you know, Harvard is, you know, a private institution and, you know, what he exhibited is clearly anti-social behavior. You know, like he, he has a hard time apparently getting along with people or has had in his, in his recent history, his recent past, getting along with people. You know, whether that's a particular type of person or whatever. I mean, it, it, you're in groups of people. He has a hard time with some of those people um, by his own thing. He's hostile to them. Um, and so Harvard has their right to, to control that type of stuff. If they don't want to have to deal with that stuff, um, then that's that's something they can do now. And again, he didn't really get kicked out. You know, he just didn't get he got rescinded. Rescinded is a better way to go. He got rescinded. He got rescinded. He got he got rescinded. So, you know, like from that standpoint, it's 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 completely understandable. You know, Harvard is just not at this point. They don't have the 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 facilities, the setup to be able to take in flaming racists. And so, you know, maybe if they did, if they had a program, like you said, at University of Cincinnati, they wouldn't make that decision for what's best for their institution. That being said, I, I, I share the same conflict in the sense that, um, you know, I do think society should allow people to grow. Um, I, I am I don't think that his argument to me. Well, you can take that out. Like, I, I could care less about that. But for somebody to, to, to go to college, you know, it is a time of growth. It is a time to meet people, be outside of your circle that you've always had. So I'm I understand sure he has that. a dozen other college options that aren't Harvard. Well, no, no, I understand that. Like I said, I'm not going to bat to say that it shouldn't happen to him, you know, because like, again, it's Harvard. Like, if this was a state university in his state, they take races every day. You know, if it, if it was a state university in his state, I may have a different opinion on it, basically. But, you know, from from a Harvard standpoint, it's, it's their choice who they want to let in and yeah. why and, they want to let I in. I think I think I think, though, what, what I'm getting at is, OK, because he said he's a racist and it was clear because he used the N word. We know people that are probably more racist, but maybe they, they know they're smart enough not to use the N word. 
Oh, but that's what I, that's why I'm using the word antisocial though, because right. you can think whatever you want about people. But when we all get into a room together, you can't be losing your cool or you can't lose your cool. You can't be flying off at the mouth, getting into fights, starting trouble because you're blatantly disrespecting people. So right. but he wasn't a, doing that. But what, 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 what he was doing was do was using the medium where people can bring out their worst selves. He did this on social media a lot. Right. I mean, social the, media is public. It's not like, again, right. like this is not like something. So does Harvard, he's going to have a black professor and then, then they're going to see like all of his stuff that he's doing in, in public and there's going to create tension there. Like, so again, you have to, in, in, a, in a civilized society, people always talk about, yeah, with civilization, yada, yada, yada. In civilized society, you have to be able to get along with people um, and everybody's not going to be exactly like you. And if you can't get along with people and, and treat people with a certain level of respect, that's a deficiency in you. I agree. So he has this deficiency. So it, it, Harvard decides they don't want to have to deal with that. They don't want to have to babysit him and take him through that. Then fine. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it, he has other stuff. And again, if this was a state school, I might come down on a different. I still condemn the activity regardless. Absolutely. And this isn't a precedent for Harvard. They have literally done the exact same thing before. With The only reason why it's getting attention is because of the because park. of Parkland. Because it was the Parkland, which is, which, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I look at higher education. So, you know, when Richard Spencer and all those alt-right, Steve Mann and all those crazy right-wing racist folks wanted to come on campus, there, there was going to be a debate. And I know some, uh, some universities revolted and, and, and pulled back from that. I actually think you have to engage those type of folks to shut down their arguments so people can know that. That's really the point I'm getting at. Maybe this is not a great comparison with 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 the Kyle. How do you say his name? Kyle Kashub. I cannot say his name. Kyle Kashub. It's not an exact parallel, but I do think there are some uh, things that can be aligned there. So what about what about that? Like we got to be able. To, I think not we, but well, we can bring people on campus we don't agree with. I think that goes around. You know, that goes in line with that with their First Amendment rights. Like they, but universities, but universities pulled back. They they didn't they didn't well, they allow pulled people. back because they had whole student bodies that protested. Right. At the end of the day, students who are paying an institution also yeah. have a voice. And because you're, the wheels are rolling because I pay to be here. So right. those students do need to and, and, and feel, you know, empowered to have that voice to say, we don't want you on our campus. Well, that but that's not controlling like, either, though. I mean, you don't want tyranny by the majority either. Like you don't want to isolate people, you know, like even though you're not going to change Richard Spencer's mind, I do think you need to publicly confront and refute the things that he's saying. Correct. So, I definitely agree that you don't want to take people in this scenario, particularly young people, and isolate them to where the only time they can that they, they, they they're they're out there is and in, in talking is with people who are reinforcing this nonsense. It's, it's kind of like if somebody comes to you and says that they think the earth is flat, and you know you you say if you isolate them and only and they only talk to other people who think the earth is flat, they're never going to be exposed to like all of the things that are in front of their face that right. show you that the earth is round. But you walk a very thin line because you also in so having these people on campus, you run the risk of empowering students who may already be off the deep end when it comes to race relations. Oh, you do who now you do. are extremely emboldened. Same 100%. thing as if you allow students who make those comments using the N-word, using derogatory memes and all these other things about black people or Latino people or whomever to come on your campus and spread this. So I think that yeah, schools it's do a have fine to be line, though. very strategic. No, Amisha, Amisha, democracy is, is a fine line. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, but again, to me, like when you're talking about should there be a punishment for antisocial behavior, my answer is yes. But you do have to weigh. It's, it's not an easy one size fits all in every scenario type of thing. You can't, you have to be able to confront people with crazy ideas or ideas that don't withstand scrutiny and 
show them why show not them show them show others why those ideas don't stand up to any kind of scrutiny. Correct. I Absolutely. mean, Absolutely. Bring, bring Richard on campus and let the students wild out. Uh, that yeah. would have been my vote. Exactly. Or or or, or you could just shut, or you could shut you could shut him down with the, just talking about how ridiculous his arguments are, and so you can make sure people don't feel like he has some legitimate points because most of the time people don't go up there and say I hate black people. I hate some of them do say that, but a lot of them don't say it like that. So they're making so what they do is they have language that 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 that, that seems like it's based on well like. 25% truth is 75% lies. And, and they use that to galvanize uh, people that are going to be galvanized. And, and we may be able to not galvanize those people or, or, or prevent them from becoming radicalized. Well, that's how you deceive. That, that's like textbook on right, how you right, deceive. Right, right, exactly. But we, but we prevent radicalization by education. So look, I, I, if Richard Spencer wanted to come, hey, those people could shut him down and make him look foolish because he's a fool. I mean, I... I mean, because what, what's going to happen I is... Had, yeah, have vetted students in the audience, yeah. have their questions ready, have them have their signs. Like, I'm not against you bringing somebody on campus who has divergent views, but there is a way to protest and there is a way to do this and make sure that your campus isn't already one that students feel is not listening to them or is isolated as a minority That's student. That's true, too. That's, That's true, too. Though. I mean, it's, it's, not e- it's not easy. It's not easy. Black students already felt like they didn't matter or weren't heard, and now you want to bring somebody on who is a known white supremacist. No, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, I think that I think that I think that's why that's a tough balance. Right. But then you have a again, you have an environment where where white supremacy is being embraced openly again. So I think this is the reality we're living in. And we got to show people why this is not the way. And, and and the only way to do that is is to confront this and have some tension. I mean, there's no there's no getting around having tension because you know just like others don't want to talk about race because it makes them uncomfortable, we have to be willing to challenge these people when you know even though we know they're racist, even though we know they have no point, it's not about them. It's about making sure others don't follow them. That's what I think. Yeah, no, that's hundred percent true. Like you have to be able like in some ways there is a battle of ideas going on. And when there's a battle of ideas going on, simply saying, just simply just dismissing someone is not necessarily going to win you a battle of ideas. You know, a lot of times like that's what authoritarians do. And authoritarians also come behind with a big stick and kill everybody who doesn't fall in line. And so if you're not going to come behind with that big stick and, and you're actually trying to to get people to buy into things like like inclusion and and like all men are created equal and things like that. Crazy ideas, you know, that they kicked around a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> Freedom of press, things that you're going to talk about. Yeah, those crazy ideas in those this country. Crazy ideas. <laughs> if you want people to buy into that type of stuff, then there has to be, like, there's going, as you said, there's going to be tension there because people are going to say things that diverge and, and get to the point. And, and that's, but again, that's why we always have to, to, to call out when you're talking about antisocial stuff like things where you are not able to to interact with people who are not like you versus people getting out there and talking like if 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 you want to get out there and talk about a bunch of stuff then you have then you have to confront that in some instances when people get enough notoriety like a Richard Spencer they can force themselves into situations where you have to confront them whereas if they were just some crockpot on a you know in a on a, a chat room you'd be like no you know who are you you know so that's what it, Kyle Kashuv was until he wasn't and so he's not going to Harvard anymore <laughs> go ahead <laughs> No, no. So, sorry for you. So, look, eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. I hope he learns uh, that you know there's accountability. I hope he doesn't become more of a racist from this. He 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 should he should grow from his actions and learn. Um, Maybe he'll get one black friend. I don't know. You figure it out. You hope though that he doesn't see this as. You know that people are trying to stifle his 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 speech he will. and things like that. No, he he'll see himself as a victim. That's basically the argument already. Well, no, but I'm saying in the sense that 
like to, to, there is a difference in having, like there are people at Harvard right now who have beliefs that are probably much worse than this. Uh, exactly. And, Absolutely. They are just smart enough not to put it on social media. Yes. And exactly. They're smart enough not to engage in, in blatantly antisocial behavior to where it's like, can this person operate in this environment? Or, or is, do we bring this person up here and do are we going to end up with other problems? Because if they have a black roommate, then we're going to end up with, with conflict and things like that. Like people are worried about that. You know, to keep the peace. If you have if you're demonstrating antisocial behavior, things can happen to you where you're taken out of certain get, your access to certain social areas is revoked. And that's what this is. You know, and so if people don't want to equate blatant racism, blatant racial disrespect with somebody walking around and just pushing people. But that's the same thing. It's but, the same thing. But that's just- not, but, but you know, to get out of our bubble, but what, what, what some are seeing, some on the right, I would say, are seeing, they're seeing a, a young boy that went through a tragedy just like the others, but he's being pushed out because of his political beliefs. He not true. He said this before the tragedy. And even if he said it afterward, that wouldn't take away I'm from with the fact you. That I'm racist. with you. This is actually a great lesson to learn early because if he had to set this in a work setting, he would be fired. Like, this is just not, this is not something that's going to fly. This is not the 1950s. Well, there are some folks that live in the matrix. They live, they live in the alternate reality universe that is, he's the victim in this case. And that's a lot of people in this country live in that, live in and that you're view. Right. I mean, and I, I, I do definitely appreciate your, your, your attempt to kind of play the devil's advocate and at least try to put out there what, what other people would see this as. But those are the same people, though, that equate the striving for fairness and equal rights with the with white supremacy and clan burning crosses you know like they look at you know the the black lives matter protesters as the equivalent to neo nazis and so and in their mind fair people on both sides who said that oh yeah the president go ahead <laughs> go ahead and so in their mind there is no it like your ends your your goal is not important if your goal is to empower people and to uh, and to, to make things fair, make things you know better for all people, but you engage in protests or you engage in speech that people are uncomfortable with, you're no different from someone whose uh, who's objective is to oppress and to, to kill if you engage in, in speech that makes people uncomfortable. Like they can't get past the fact that people are uncomfortable with what you're saying and they don't look to see, well, is what you're saying something that brings us closer to the ideals of this nation or takes us further from the ideals of this nation? Well, well I'll say this. This country was founded on a protest. You know, when we, when we said we hope these truths to be self-evident, that all men were created equal, that was a protest statement. When Dr. Martin yeah. Luther King said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up to live out the true meaning of its creed, that was a that was a protest statement. This country was founded on a protest. It was founded on tension in order to make us better. So I hope that people remember that to stay vigilant and we can only get better if we're willing to push each other to be better. Uh, stay woke if you want to stay free. I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. And I'm Misha Cross. We'll see you next time.